as a good friend of mine would say. Okay. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Dil Kokoro Podcast. I'm joined today by one of my favorite writers at Anate, Doc Kev. Hey, glad to so, be here. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been wanting to have you on. I, I know everyone's been giving me shit saying like he says that about every guest, but I really <laughs> have been wanting to have people on. Um, you are undoubtedly one of the most talented writers we have on our, uh, I don't want to say staff because we don't get paid, but <laughs> <laughs> on our team. Um, I had uh, just the other day, when we're as of when we're recording this, I, you had your uh, what was this past season? Was it winter technically? I guess yeah, winter twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, it always throws me off because it's you know April. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you had your your winter thoughts, and uh, I was really really impressed. Thank you. Um, yeah, but instead of just making this an ego fest between people's writings, uh, you know. I want to take a second and I want to share my appreciation on the air. And this isn't just a PR move. Uh, thank you for all you're doing on the front line with all of this going on right now. Uh, I know you are taking a much needed break right now. I am, yeah. Uh, in, the, in the middle of this health healthcare nightmare. Uh, I can't say much. I can't really say much on my end here because I'm unemployed, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that sounds like a, like a good move. <laughs> hey, I heard I was I heard I was going to be unemployed, and I just kind of looked over. I had money saved up for a puppy, and I just shrugged and said, "All right, well, fuck it, I'm getting a puppy." <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad to not be at work this week. <laughs> sure, I, I, just getting a breather with all this going on. I'm I'm, I'm sure in any way that that has to be nice. Yeah, I've turned off uh, everything, all social media, my my phone, all um, notification apps. Nobody can get a hold of me unless they come physically to my house and knock on the door and drag me out. That's exactly how I got you for this podcast. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you, yeah I've still got the bruises. <laughs> oh, goodness me. So you, along with our good friend Requiem, have quite the colored history with anime. Uh, you have quite the background. Uh, yeah. You and Requiem bring up an anime I've never heard of at least once a week. And, you know, <laughs> that's not saying much for me because okay. I, I got started with anime in the 2010s. Right. But uh, I, I know even for some of the more seasoned <laughs> veterans, you are a, uh, a very well-versed uh, anime consumer. Yeah, I mean, I was watching anime before I, I knew what anime was, or before what most people knew what anime was. Yeah, I used to watch it when it was on TV in the, in the mid-80s when I was a tiny, you know, a really little kid. Sure. It's, in interesting fact, you, it's interesting you say that, too, because like, I think that transcends time a little bit, because on a recent podcast with Umi and Kinksy, we were talking about how we would watch Pokemon, uh, Beyblade, and... Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Right. And it's like, those are very clearly anime, but we just thought of mm -hmm. them as cartoons because it was just so, like, they were on our cartoon channels. Yeah. I mean, the first anime that I remember seeing was probably Miyazaki's um, Laputa, Castle in the Sky, which was a fantastic movie. And I think it just happened to be on TV, like, one Saturday morning when I was, I was at my grandparents' house. Saturday morning, my, wow. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why, why there was a random movie on that day. 
I remember my my uncle, my, my dad's younger brother, came into the room and was like, what's this? This looks garbage. Turn it over. I'm sure Tom, <laughs> Tom and Jerry's probably on the other side. That's a much better cartoon. I'm like, this is, this is much better than Tom and Jerry. <laughs> it's weird to think that, like, it was going up against time slots of, like, Tom and Jerry at the time. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, and, you know, I used to watch... Uh, uh, like video rental stores, if anyone can remember what, what they were. Um, sometimes there would be interesting looking cartoons that I would uh, convince my parents to let me watch. Hentai. So, no, thankfully, most of them weren't. Um, but, <laughs> but I remember get, uh, renting um, the, the sort of really bastardized version of uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. They called it uh, Warriors of the Wind, I think. It was, oh, man. I mean, I, at the time, I thought it was good, but having seen the full film as, as an adult, uh, I feel really angry what they did to that movie. Huh. Um, yeah. And then, I, then when I... Hmm? Go on. So then when I got a little older, um, and my friends started getting into anime, that's when Manga Video um, started releasing stuff in the UK. And that's, that's when you had things like Legend of the Overfiend. And the, yeah, the Rentai <laughs> stuff came up. Oh, boy. <laughs> And yeah, they used to like, they used to like give me tapes, and I would like watch them in the living room of my house, and my dad would walk in, you know, just as you know, like Gogo Thirteen was having sex with someone, and we're like, "What? What are you watching? <laughs> Nothing." Oh done. boy, oh boy. <laughs> I I know um, when I was in Korea, uh, I said I liked anime because I was just into Netflix anime at the time. Everybody wants to hate on Netflix anime, but that was my in. That's how I started to watch anime, and. Okay. Uh, one of my buddies was like, oh, yeah, I'll take you to a store that sells anime. It was all hentai. And I didn't know any better at the time. But looking back, it absolutely was all hentai. It's just you what? talking about video stores. Just it really like because I wish I could say like I had a story growing up like that where it was like, oh, yeah, you know, because even like Pokemon, like I just used a VHS recorder to record episodes. I didn't have to go rent them. Yeah. Well, I mean, there wasn't much anime in the 90s when I was a teenager. So there was a TV station here called Channel 4 that used to broadcast anime at like 2 in the morning at the weekends or something. So I used to have to set the video recorder to record whatever garbage it was they were showing. I had to <laughs> suffer through like the hundreds of advertisements. But yeah, I watched quite a lot of stuff that way. Um, in fact, I still have some of those tapes in my attic somewhere. <laughs> it you know, it's strange that like, like cable runs of anime, like when I was a teenager, uh, it was all just like on what are, I'm sure you've heard of it, but like we had Toonami, which is Yeah, yeah, we, we had that in the UK too. Okay, just making sure. Mm. You know, I some people are like, I don't know what that is. I, I know like <laughs> blah, blah, blah and whatever. Uh, you know, like Toonami... I remember thinking that like all these anime just didn't do well because I didn't have the concept that they were made in Japan and then dubbed. Mm. Um, so like seasonal anime, uh, Toonami would get the dubs out like maybe the next season or even a year later. Okay. And uh, it was always like sh real shitty ones. Mm. Like like I'd say on a mal list, like probably like five to seven. Okay. And then, like, they would air six of the 13 episodes and then just not bother airing the rest just because the ratings were so low. So, Toonami, I watched uh, Gundam Wing on that, um, and I, I quite liked it. So I thought I would buy the DVDs to watch them with my son. We, mm -hmm. we lasted about two episodes. That show was bad. 
isn't that weird? Like, you, you revisit something, you're like, oh, yeah, rad. You go back and you're like, this was definitely not rad. No. But, but you know, that was like the only thing that was available to watch. You, you learn to love it. Sure. Um, it's an acquired well, taste. Yeah, along with like Tenshi Muyo, um, I've endured that. Um, I've not been brave enough to go back to watch that again. I'm not going to be the loser who like tries to say like, "Oh, I've 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 been an anime fan since kindergarten." But like, uh, my mom got me a Gundam folder when I was in kindergarten. I remember that, oh. and it just like didn't even resonate with me because it's just like, "Oh, cool looking robot," you know? Like, yeah. Gundam Wing I- is the only. Only Gundam I've ever watched. I, I've tried to watch others, but it's so boring. That I've not been able to. to tolerate. So you didn't like uh, you didn't like Iron Blooded Orphans. I've not tried that one. That's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. I mean, okay. it's. I think it's the the anti Gundam in a way okay. because like it's not all. It, there are political undertones, but it's a lot more like like fuck space Europe, and they're just like they're just trying to go and. Causing up like an uprising. I think Mario Kata wrote that one. Um, and she's one of my favorite authors. If that. you took, if you took, uh, how would I put this? If you took Gurn Lagan and you mixed mm-hmm. it with with uh, Gundam, okay, that would be Iron Blooded Orphans to an extent. Gurn Lagan was awesome. So yeah, uh, Iron Blooded Orphans. I know somebody out there, it, it happens every podcast, man. I get someone who gets very upset at my comps. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not saying they're one for one the same. It's just it, it has a lot of the same beats, like mm-hmm. uh, poor enslaved kids, uh, fine giant robot, giant robot propels them to rebellion. Does it have a drill that pierces the heavens? Unfortunately, no. <sighs> um, it does have... Instead of Simone being the uh, very hesitant individual he is through pretty much his whole first act, uh, it has a cold-blooded killer for a Gundam pilot who murders like three, I think like three to five people in the first first two episodes with the oh. handgun. Doesn't even have his Gundam yet. Sounds like a good time. I, I remember it was like, like Gundam always came off to me as something that was like trying to act darker than it was. Yeah. But that was the first Gundam I watched where it was as dark as it it like let on. Um, I mean, my problem with Gundam is that it's really difficult to follow sometimes what's going on, and it makes you feel like you're really dumb. But it's just because yes. the storytelling's actually really poor. <laughs> yes, you're like they're just throwing around big words and you're like techno babble, and oh my goodness. So you watched an anime, and I wish Kingsey was here. Um, I don't know what it is with I don't know what it is with you guys across the pond there in this anime, but the Future Diary. So oh, yeah. you, you that was your first time watching it. Yeah, I, I had never heard of it um, oh, until I think you maybe had mentioned it in the chat as one of your favorite things. Uh, um. <laughs> it started as being ironically one of my favorite things, and then it quickly became unironic because it i i realized as time went on that it was actually just good <laughs> like like it, it's one of those things you're watching it and you're like this is so bad it's good and then you finish it and you're like oh maybe it was just good but i mean what, what's your opinion on it? i know you and i have very differing opinions sometimes on anime 
Yeah, um, I mean, what prompted me to watch it was, um, well, I did this article at the end of last year, so a review of 2011. I thought, oh, I can do that year. I watched lots of anime that year. It turned out I'd maybe watched like three things. So I had to source like hundreds of DVDs and spend weeks basically just watching old anime. And when I when I posted the article, people were like, you didn't watch Future Diary? Oh, God, you have to watch Future Diary. And Well, it's not legally available here. Um, at least not easily available. Uh, so it took me a long time to even find any DVDs of it. It's, you can't stream it here. Although Crunchyroll streams it in the US, they don't have the license here. Really? Uh, yeah. So it was um, the license was owned by Kaze, which is a French company, which for a few years did co-releases with Manga Entertainment in the UK. They had their own anime streaming service called Anime On Demand. Now that, um, that got eaten by, I think, Animax Europe, which then went under. So all of the things they licensed for the UK uh, have all disappeared. So there's a huge gap in sort of early to mid 2000s anime, lots of stuff that's not legally available to stream in the UK. Future Diary is unfortunately one of those. Um, and they did a very low run, I think, of um, physical releases. I mean, the Blu-rays have just disappeared. I managed to find some uh, DVDs for um, more than recommended retail price, let's put it that way. So anyway, so I got the DVDs and I, mm -hmm. I watched the entire thing over the course of a single weekend, which is almost unheard of. But um, I was feeling slightly mentally unwell because of coronavirus. And um, I, I, it turns out that 27 episodes of Future Diary does not improve one's mental health in the slightest. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't normally do that with anime. Normally I'll watch maybe at most two or three episodes at a time. Um, this it's it's so it's so compelling. It's it's just you know it goes from one extreme ridiculous thing to the next. What it really does. It, it yeah. I, I think I think the first four episodes are the perfect sample size. Okay. Uh, I think like I've had people love it and hate it in that span, and I think it's very telling. Like right up to when he finds out that she's just completely bonkers, because you you get a yeah. feeling she's bonkers. Yeah. But you just think it's kind of like in normal anime fashion. Mm. And then he gets to her house and finds the parents in the cages. And then you're just like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, I watched it in a weekend, too, actually. Oh, right. Okay. Um, like, oh, man, I don't even know. Like, I had to rent it. Like, I, well, I didn't have to. But I rented it from my library. And they had the Blu-ray. And it stopped working. Like halfway through, oh! So I got like four or five episodes. No, it wasn't because I got past the good episode. Like I was just saying there, I got to like the fifth or sixth episode and it kept skipping. And then uh, I went to return it, and uh, they said that it was completely fine. I, w I didn't want to deal with it, so I, I just went back home and I streamed it. Mm. Um, one of the more interesting dubs, I, I'm not sure, did you watch the dub or did you watch it subbed? I, I watched a, a bit of both. I, I started with, uh, with, with the sub and then I, about halfway through I thought, Let, let's try the dub. That last oh, so you, you switch it up in the middle. Yeah, just, just, to, just to see. And, and I, I, I managed to survive for an episode or two and was like, nope, I had to turn that off. That was See, I, I felt the other way. Like really? I think the main character, I can't stand him like the sub version of him. It's like okay. he's got a very squeaky voice. Mm. 
I didn't like the way um, the the dub portrayed the crazy pink-haired girl. Um, there was just an extra level of insanity from her uh, Japanese voice actress that just I didn't feel was conveyed as well in the uh, English version. <laughs> um, it was just sort of high-pitched and squeaky. Just the way she sort of screeched his name was just hilarious. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because t- the takeaway here is the voice actors from the Japanese version were squeakier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. But I think uh, that fit that fit it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it definitely, I would say it fits its hectic tone. As I've had, um, how do I put this in the correct term? Uh, less money. Uh, I haven't <laughs> been able to get uh, Funimation now. Um, okay. You're not missing our... anything? The service is terrible? Anyway. <laughs> I... I remember when you made that article, I was very proud of you because I, you spoke with a lot of my frustrations were. Oh, it has not improved either. Well, like right now, there's just no dubs, like period. Well, they, they can't really help that, but what they really need I, to help is an app that actually functions. But anyway. But I was also thinking, like, why would I buy a subscription service right now when there's no content coming out? Yeah. But I mean, that's... You know, that, that gets into the whole economics issue of all this going on right now with subscription services. Uh, I, I had a buddy, he bought all the sports passes and they're not refunding his money. So. Oh. oh, wow. That's what you get uh, from buying sports passes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> sports passes aside, um, I, I've been learning to be a little bit more lax when it comes to, like, subtitled things. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not anywhere near being like yeah subs are better than dubs because i still prefer a dub as long as they're like tolerable voices i i can i can handle okay i would take a mediocre to good dub Mm. over a bad dub and i know like everyone's like that's oh yeah no shit but like no really like there are characters and things that might be otherwise good dubs who just are unbearable to listen to like say a main character say a main character's got like the worst voice and then everybody else is stellar I, I just can't do it. Okay. I mean, I'll watch most things subtitled, part, partly because I like being able to read what they're saying because then I have not missed anything. Um, but whereas I've, if I'm watching it with, say, my son, who, who's nine, um, we're, we're watching um, My Hero Academia right now. So I've already Ooh. watched the whole series subtitled. And um, now I'm going through it dubbed with him. And actually, the dub is really good for it. Yes, it is. I, 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 I think the, the voice is fit the characters really really well and they really sell a lot of the emotion and in some ways i think i might be enjoying it more as a dub than i did as a sub and i, I know it's just a it's a kid's shonen thing but right my, my son loves it he's so excited he right sort of, just about sort of jumps up and down during the action scenes and you know I, he, I, <laughs> it's it's great you say that because i wrote about that dub dubs the dill about it mm. it's a phenomenal dub because i think it yeah. brings out that exact energy you're talking about mm-hmm. And you got to remember, like, no offense to them, but Gugsy and Requiem aren't the target audience of this show. No, no my, my son is. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he loves it. Um, and I, I, I don't know what we're going to do now because we, we've run out of dubbed episodes. We, we, we've, there's like another four or five episodes left in season four and they're sub, subbed only. And he, his reading speed is just not there. He, he, can't, he can't follow it yet. You gotta so, tell him he wants it bad enough. He's gotta learn. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just playing. My parents did that for me when I wanted to play Pokemon. Um, 
I had Pokemon Yellow, and I was asking them to read things to me, and they were like, "Well, I guess you're just gonna have to read. You have to learn how to read." <laughs> yeah. Well, we we did also start watching um, "Welcome to Demon School Iruma Kun," which is a fantastic show. Oh, why would you make your kid watch that? But it's it's a kid show. Is it though? <laughs> well, that's a, that's that's the existential thing when it comes to anime is when you start looking and realizing the target age is for most of these. It's for little kids. Probably, possibly, excuse even younger than My Hero Academia. And then, like, at the most, most anime, like, plateau at, like, teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all a bunch of grown-ass men watching on. I, I know. I've never really grown up, but that's okay. We're grown up, so. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a dig at you. I'm just like... <laughs> if, you're, if you're fine with watching something and leaving it as is, that's one thing, but, like... You really got to think of like our boys here who just massively shit on at My Hero Academia every season it comes out. Oh, You're like, get over we, it, guys. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, Chris Sabat, who does All Might, mm-hmm. that is like one of the best performances I've heard in, in yeah. probably the last five years. It's pretty much definitive as All Might, I would say. Yeah. Like, because he's like, he brought all of his shit from, uh, like Dragon Ball into that because he was right. like, he was famously the guy who passed out screaming so loud and because he was so invested in Vegeta, playing Vegeta. <laughs> um, and I'm it, not a Dragon Ball fan, so I have not watched. <laughs> no, it's interesting because it had two dubs. Okay, because it uh, Funimation got the rights to it about like. Oh man. I mean like I want to say like it was during it but obviously the show came out a bunch and then they just started slowly pushing it back out into the US. Uh like right either before or after they did like Cell Saga, Funimation got the rights to it and that's when they started really pushing for like localizing it. Okay. And uh Dragon Ball Z was really uh Funimation's like break into the the western market. Okay. Um I'm trying to think. I think they had like I forget the guy's name, but like he had a very different voice for Vegeta, and that's the voice ever everybody always uses when they parody it. Mm-hmm. But like Chris Savitt, he sounded like that deep, like that stern voice that he has, and it's so it's so good, especially when he's fighting, because then you really know he can really pipe it up. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's good that your son's enjoying that. That's like I—I yeah. I remember it was a magical experience seeing uh, a preview before a movie. I went to see like one random Saturday when I was in Florida, and like this kid saw an advertisement for the second season of My Hero Academia, and he lit up like he just mm. saw soup, like he just saw Superman. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was really cool. Uh, well, My Hero Academia outsells every single American superhero comic at the moment, anyway. So, you know, and, and that just. Up. That just seems to be where it's going. Yeah, My Hero Academia is superhero comics. <laughs> it's it it's it's superhero comics, and then it, it can do more. I think mm. like you get like a normal. No offense, and I, I know I'm really making Rex skin boil now, but like no offense to normal comics, it's like you get like maybe twelve pages out of a comic, but at least with a, a volume of manga, you get a decent chunk. Yeah, um, I don't know. You know, granted, you you can make someone can make the argument you get more out of the comic, but mm. how did us talking about the most batshit insane anime uh, 
Future diaries. Get us to having a, a wholesome story about your son. <laughs> I, I, just, I just steered your conversation. Like, that's all it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I So were you satisfied with the way it wrapped up or not? Because I, well, I, I know it's very de- I know it's very divisive. Well, so on the DVD, it ends at episode 26, which is the, the conclusion of the TV series, which mm-hmm. is a very downbeat ending. Right. Um, in some ways. So in order to finish the story, I had to pirate, mm. torrent uh, uh, um, the concluding episode, the, the OVA, which was released, I think, a couple of years later, which gives a much more definitive and much more satisfying ending. Um, I mean, I, I guess you're kind of cheering on a homicidal, psychopathic pink anime girl, um, which is a little concerning. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> It does have a happy ending of sorts, and I, I, yeah, I, I was glad that I watched the the conclusion, and I'm confused why it wasn't on the DVD because it wasn't released in the UK until 2016, so they had no excuse. It was probably some stupid license. Wow, Kev, that's so cool that you found an extra DVD that had that episode on, and you didn't pirate it at all. That, yeah, I know. Uh, incredible. Um, I never actually saw that the extra. Have you not? OVA. No, and uh, Kinksy brought it up to me, and I was like, "There's an OVA." That is the ending, Dill. Yeah, the the ending. <laughs> well, because here's the thing: the I ending. I'm the loser who thought that uh, Madoka Magica Rebellion was good. I thought well, I that, like that. I thought the ending of uh, I thought the ending of Future Diary was fine. Yeah, and people <laughs> want my head for that. You should go seek out the um that secret DVD. Secret Watch DVD. That. That proper ending. <laughs> um, oh, goodness gracious! Stop. <laughs> For I, I, I've already edited out part of it by now. But uh, if anybody was curious, this is my first podcast doing with a puppy, so she has been uh, not very cooperative with this. She's <laughs> been biting my cables. Um, yeah. Anyways, Kev's sitting here like I thought this guy was professional. <laughs> I was under no illusions at all. Don't worry about that. <laughs> well, like I usually try to make like the most pristine conditions for interviewing people. Uh, I always want to make a good impression. Hmm. And then Yoko came along and she said, nah, I don't think so. That's okay. I have children. Nothing goes to plan. Yeah. Well, that's the thing you've been hearing ever like on the uh, podcasts. Everyone's been like doing like work from home for their podcasts. So you're hearing people's dogs and their kids just walking in and causing a ruckus. Yeah. <laughs> We're all set up to work from home as well if I need to. Even if I get sick, I'll probably have to work from home. My, so I know I'm tech, I know I said I'm unemployed and I am technically unemployed, but I still work like a set amount of days for the government, the yes. US government. Um, I had to do work from home this past weekend and that shit is impossible because like you need government systems okay and your like normal pc can't run a lot of them because it's like encrypted had to definitely uh had to had to flex my muscles a little bit on figuring some stuff out and by that i mean google (laughs) um you know so future diaries is one of those anime we just did a joke video about Big Order, which is just Future Diary, but a little bit different. Uh-huh. I don't know how 
future diaries worked so well like even in a vacuum i I just i can't figure out because like if you do that same story again and just change just a little bit about it Mm. i think it all falls on how good the the main two characters were because like even the main kid he's not the worst no i mean Uh, last last season had darwin's game which i only managed to watch half of because i got so bored Um, and that is essentially the same story as future diary more or less as a death game but it's just very inept in its um production i guess and it's it's just boring I, Whereas future diary is never boring that seemed weird because like i heard people say it was fantastic i heard people say it was awful like i just could not get a pulse on that last season the first episode was the double episode that came out was was pretty good i quite enjoyed it and then it just got really just pedestrian just like mm, is this what we're doing now mm, okay like neanderthal around yeah Whereas Future Diary just sort of got progressively more and more crazy as, as it went along. Um, it's definitely helped by the crazy pink-haired girl who just... you know, I, I've written about this before, but I, I love crazy anime girls. I don't know why. Um, I was probably <laughs> dropped as an infant or something like that. I, I don't know. Um, you you are entertained by it. Kingsley and I are irrationally done by it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. That's just the... Well, maybe not for Kingsley, but that's the that's the joke everybody has for me. Okay, and, uh, <laughs> don't do that to me. Anyways, <laughs> um, some of your favorite anime. I know you sent me a list of them. Mm. Um, Steins Gate. I feel like every time I talk to someone about this anime, they say, "Oh, it's one of the best," but unfortunately, it hasn't aged very well in some spots. Yeah. Uh, there's a few things you kind of have to shrug off. Um, I see. But, I mean, the first half of it in particular is a little bit slow, but that's just because it's doing a lot of character work that really, really pays off in the second half of the series. I completely start- agree. Yeah, I mean, it starts off as a bit like a almost slice-of-life comedy about a bunch of geeky people, and then becomes this harrowing time travel tragedy, just horror thing. Um, that just rips out your heart as it goes along. It is. It's fascinating too because, like, I don't think you'd have that same kind of like heart ripping feeling if you didn't have that that lull there at the mm. beginning. Mm. And I, I've wondered, like, do you show someone maybe a few episodes before the other shoe drops uh, if they if they're not all that interested? Because I've had friends that I've recommended Steins Gate to, and they're like, "Man, I couldn't get past like the fourth or fifth episode. It was too boring." Mm. Well, I mean, I, wa- I watched it, um, I think it was probably on Netflix a few years ago. Uh, it wasn't available legally here, but I used a VPN. Um, and I think the first few episodes I watched, maybe one or two episodes at a time. And then when it gets to that part halfway through where the, where the tone totally changes, I then just binged the entire thing right to the end because I had to see what happened next. Did, um, you, did you know about it going in, like what would happen? No. I no, didn't either. I, and I, I think that's anything. really magical. Yeah. A lot of people I talk to say that the internet's ruined it for them. Yeah, probably. And it's interesting because like, oh man, and I say that as we're about to give a spoiler warning, but um, <laughs> like it has those undertones all throughout it. Like you just get, you just get like, you get the feeling that it's going to get really dark, but it doesn't actually like, you wonder how much of it it's just a red herring because that's just what we're used to in storytelling. Mm. And then it goes all the way there. I think the movie Back to the Future 2 has a lot to answer for. 
mean, I, I love that film. It's actually my favorite of that trilogy. But it kind of shows that when you introduce time travel into a plot, you're almost destined for it to become tragic or painful or horrendous. Um, just because you can get away with all these horrible things happening to characters, which you can then undo later. <laughs> um, Seeing think... how well it did it too, like time travel, like it feels like a very weebish thing. Because like my brother's real into really into like film, and he doesn't mind. Like he will ask, he'll pick my brain for like has an anime pulled this plot device out well, and then we would discuss it. And I really think Steins Gate might be one of the best examples of time travel. <laughs> Yeah, and it's really well thought through as well, and it's quite logical, um, and I like that about it. I also like that it doesn't get too lost in its own, like, I don't say lore, but, like, techno-babble about, like, how it's done. Like, it's just enough to make it feel like, you know, like, they know what they're doing, but a it's, lot, not, a lot of it's the, not overwhelming. A lot of the techno-babble is just nonsense that Okobe just spouts anyway. It doesn't mean anything. It's almost sort of self-aware about that. And like you have like commentary from the characters because of that. Yeah. Like like you you'll have like Mayuri be like, I don't really understand all of this. <laughs> yeah. I love her. <laughs> uh for a while, um, well, the reason people call my mom Mother Mayushi is because she would say something very similar to um whenever she'd call me. And we would be in group chats and she'd call me and do that. And then it also happened that when she was recovering from her cancer. Her hair was shorter, and uh, she looked a lot like her, especially when she was wearing the little hat. Oh. Yeah, my kids wander around saying, doo-doo, which I think is a sign that I've brought them up well. Yeah, you know, it's it's a little, like, not to be biased, but it might be a little more wholesome there, because you're bringing the generation up on that. Although I will say, not to throw him under the bus, but our boy Stin, I was, uh-huh. I was troubled when I saw the photo of his child with a Shinobu body pillow. From Monogatari. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love you, Stin. Uh, he's just like, oh, I swear. I, he's like, I swear I didn't do this on purpose. Adult <laughs> for kid Shinobu. <laughs> uh, it was like little kid donut mongrel. All right. Which... <clears throat> Anyways, um, speaking of which. I know it's not on your favorite list because you've had a very complicated relationship with it, uh, Monogatari. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is what everyone's been waiting for us to talk about. Oh, really? Um, okay. Uh, I get where you're coming from with a lot mm. of it, and that's why mm. I, like, even like everyone was expecting like a kaiju battle when you said you didn't like Hatamonogatari, and I'm like, yeah, I, I completely get his complaints. Because mm. like, there, I have a lot of complaints about like Monogatari, and it's like, well, first of all, I have a complaint that people get mad at me when I say Monogatari because they say it's Monogatari, and I say Monogatari, they're like, no, it's Monogatari. I have no idea how it's said properly, so I'll just say it yeah. however. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's for every, if my theory on it is for every one masterful thing it does, it does two things that just inexplicably childish and or or creepy and it i know some people come just to watch that part of it which troubles me mm. but like when i read it it's a lot easier like the the uh, light novels mm-hmm. it's a lot because like if you get to a like an uncomfortable part you can just flip through it real quick yeah but uh like the anime it goes all out on some of those scenes 
And it like, does. I, and you know, I, I can't pretend that I didn't just do a dub of toothbrush scene with Gugsy, but um, <laughs> I, I don't even think that's the worst thing from me. Say like the entire scene when he's like in the bathtub with Shinobu, that's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure I called that out on, on my article. <laughs> right. It's like, just, you watch so much of this shit. Anytime Snail Girl shows up, you're like, all right, this is going to be bad. Yeah, I, I cannot stand the scenes where he molests that young schoolgirl. It's so creepy. I... It's also why I think we'll never get a dub of it. I don't think that's <laughs> the kind of show you can just localize. No. Because um, like, they tried with Interspecies Reviewers, and it got two episodes in. And it's sad that I have to make the comparison of Madagatari to interspecies reviewers because yeah. if they're they're very problematic for different reasons yeah that's one show i'm unlikely to ever watch <laughs> i i uh i went i went the nostalgia critic route and i watched it to, and uh it was not good um because i was i was curious because you know everybody was review bombing other good shows like stein's gate to try to get it higher and I just, I don't know where that was coming from. Because it wasn't good. It was just a matter of censorship, really, is what I think it came down to. But speaking of wishing things were censored, mm. um, Madagatari comes very close a lot of times to just, I feel like the FBI will be here any minute now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it, it's like, it's one of those things where, like, at work, I'll say something or I'll write something. Like I'll, I'll, I, I had a password recently. I won't say what it was, but it was like a, like a, like a thing from Monogatari. Uh. And someone Googled it at work, and then they were like, "Oh, is this from an anime?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I think one of my friends told me that because like, you really don't want to come off as like the creepy pedophile kid." It's not an anime for beginners, let's put it that way. It's not an anime for people who don't understand all of the background behind it. Yeah. And that's like 90% of the audience. Yeah. Like, even you, who knows what you're getting going into it, you're like, I don't know if I can look over some parts of these. Well, and I'm like, I'm I, completely with you. I like, can't look over them, no. <laughs> like, my favorite, one of my favorite parts of uh, second season is when they go back and they go back in time and it mm -hmm. it fucks with time travel. You know, we were just talking about time travel. Yeah. I thought that was a really good time travel thing. Mm -hmm. And it had to be fucking ruined because he wanted to go fucking like molest Hanakoa or yeah. whatever the fuck he was planning on doing. <laughs> but, uh, but then Shinobu tries to um, molest uh, Araragi as a kid as well. So, you know, there's equal opportunity there. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, man. You know what I like the most about that show, though, is that it it through its storytelling, like the visual storytelling, mm -hmm. it'll it'll subtly tell entire light novel stories within a span of like two minutes. I don't think you're far enough yet, because um, you're still working through second season, or maybe yeah, you I've, just finished it. I, I've watched the entirety of the second season, but I haven't written all about it yet. Because what I tend okay. to do is I'll watch it through, and then I'll watch it through again. Um, much more closely, and I'll, I'll take screenshots and things while I'm doing that. Sure. There's yeah. half of um, half of Awari Monogatari takes place during the events of the second season. Okay, I've so not I, watched that yet. 
Right. So I can't I can't remember if it takes place then or during second season, but there's a cut like when they're giving background on Shinobu. And it's a it's an entire story that was written by Nisio Eisen. And they tell it in like two minutes. Okay. Just through like like you know, like the I don't have a real good term for it, but like that, like paper mache kind of style that was like, like they, they've been using since the, uh, the ending of, uh, Baka Monogatari. Okay. Like how like the characters have like that, like, like, I I don't want to call it like stencil kind of art style, like the paper style. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but the entire thing was told like that while another character was monologuing. And I thought it was really like, it's shafted its finest and they actually brought that back that kind of storytelling when they said the background of Nero in the fate extra uh, anime that shaft did. Yeah. And I think that that's a, that's a very, that's one of those few things where it's like, yeah, I know it's sandwiched between him like molesting someone and um, him being very, very into God knows what, but there's a very nice piece of artistry right there in the middle. And everyone's like, all right, whatever you say, pedophile. I very much respect what Shaft has done with it. I think any other studio, if they'd made it, Monogatari would be nowhere near as entertaining as it is. It certainly would not look as good as it does. And it would um, be like probably like five times as problematic? Well, possibly, yeah. Um, but then, you know, not everything Shaft touches turns to gold. I mean, that. Um, that Fate Extra adaptation, I mean, that was pretty was garbage. Um, it looked nice. It looked lovely. But, but it, it, didn't, it came from a garbage story. It so. didn't make an awful lot of sense. Um, I mean, it, was, it was okay, but um, I, I've got no desire to go and watch that again. Uh, just okay is exactly what I would call the game. That based, right. based I've on. not played that particular um, one. You know, it's funny. You have there was a split second where I was like, I wonder if I wonder if he's watched any other fate stuff. And I remember you and I are the fate go mongrels. Yes. On, on yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fate. That's one of my things. I, I've watched pretty much all the fate anime and play the game. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all remember when you, you wanted to get mad about the Dil Kokoro fate reference podcast streak. I wasn't the one who really got into it this time. <laughs> Dude, I put I put Fate Apocrypha on my top 10 mm. on Twitter recently. And people lost their fucking minds. I like that show. It was good. I really I think it's my like I, not only do I think it's my favorite Fate, it clearly is one of my favorite anime. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's just cuz you're horny for Mordred." No, it's like it's a really fun show, and as much as many jokes as people make about Astolfo, Astolfo is like the best character in that. I love Astolfo, and the funny thing is, I didn't even realize Astolfo was a boy until the end, and I was like, "What? What?" <laughs> ah! Well, it's like, like you, you'd think that, like everyone's like, "Oh, I hate Sieg. I hate Sieg. I can't stand Sieg." I'm like, yeah, but Sieg's not really even in the show. Like, yes, he's he's like a gateway character yeah. for all these other characters, but like, like he gets his moment, but that's really about it. He's an audience insert character. That's what he is. I guess everyone's worried because they they have like scars from Shiro that they think he's going to be the next Shiro. Okay, but clearly Shiro's in that show, just a very different Shiro. <laughs> 
yeah, I guess so. Uh, I don't really get the hate for Shiro. Um, I think he's fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm firmly in the he's fine camp, but I understand the hate. Um, it's definitely not like My Hero Academia hate level. Or it's just inexplicable. But uh, like everyone's like everyone talks about how much they hate how many characters there are in Apocrypha and like half the cast dies in the first like 10 episodes. Yeah. Well, it certainly helps because they've, they've got like two separate teams. They've got twice as many masters and servants as usual. So it's difficult to keep track of them. So the best way to get over that is just to murder everyone. And it has like uh, spoilers, five seconds. It has the like the the mass murder of like half of the half of the the um, masters. But the hmm. thing it does is it's like nobody cares about these masters. Let's just make it all about the servants. Yeah. And like some people are, this is just peddling for more fake ghost stuff. And you know what? You're probably right, but <laughs> it's still really fun. Yeah, it's good. Have you seen <laughs> any of the Heaven's Feel movie adaptations? I have. Um, I saw the first one in theaters. Right. Yeah, that um, was incredible. Um, I've not seen the second one yet. Have you seen it? Uh, well, I, I think you know this, but and everyone's probably sick of hearing the story, but that was the worst movie-going experience of my life. Oh, okay. Uh, everybody was on their phones, playing Fate Go, watching oh. anime, uh, brightness all the way up on their phones, talking through the whole thing. There was a guy who was getting like abnormally worked up about Sakura. Oh. And like he would like whistle when she was on screen. And it was like the it was like a scene where she was like talking to Shiro about being abused. And he's just like I mean, that's a bad whistle, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like fucking like gross shit. And then like Shinji would show up and he'd just start going. Oh, like he just gets so mad. And I'm like, what is this dude's problem? So I watched the first movie with my eldest son at, at home, and he's vaguely familiar with fate stuff. And at the end of it, he was like, is this just the one where everyone you love dies? Like, yes, that's exactly what it is. That's, that's heaven's feel for you. Um, <laughs> I, someone told me the entire, like, pretty much the entire story of heaven's feel. It was, I remember it, it put me in a bad place for like a yeah. weekend. <laughs> I don't really know much of what happens in that particular route, so um, I'm uh, I've, I've pre-ordered the uh, the physical edition of uh, of the second film, but you know who knows when the third one will come out because it's at, at the time of us recording this, they just delayed it. Yeah, again, <laughs> again, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, so. it's the last one too, so. Mm. Uh, that's the last part. Uh, I, the dubs have just been starting to come out, so I've been waiting on those. I've been really upset with this whole coronavirus thing because I had um, tickets booked to go see the new Made in Abyss movie, and that, of course, has been cancelled. So, obviously, that's the thing that's annoying me the most about coronavirus. The only thing, really. It's the only, everything else is fine. But that's actually the anime I wanted to bring up was Made in Abyss. That's on your favorite oh, list. Yeah. Uh, very... Like it, that has its own problems, but I feel yeah. like most of it's alleviated from. How do I put this? Like how source, like we were talking about Monogatari, and source the source material might be a little bit more manageable than the anime. Mm. It definitely has the reverse prop, like the reverse situation with 
made an abyss that the anime is a lot more yeah. tolerable than the manga yeah the manga has far too much um little girl nipples on it um and especially just in, in the inside covers there's some lovingly painted um depictions of little girl nipples and that's really not what i want to see yeah <sighs> thankfully I... they toned that down <laughs> like umi's watching made in abyss because i I lent it to her, and she got to the episode where, like, she's getting tortured for, or I get uh, punished for. Sorry, not tortured, punished mm. for disobeying. And she's just like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" And I'm like, "Yeah, just keep going. Uh, yeah. It won't come back up." <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you ever have like? Of course you have, because you're you're a father, but like. You ever have that moment where you want to distract everybody from like maybe something being said on screen or a scene that's happening? Like you're trying to fast forward through, so you talk real loud or you <laughs> yeah. you make a distraction real quick. What's that over there? Look. <laughs> hey guys, yes. what do you think about this on my phone? You just like quickly mm. fast forward. Um, yeah. With a power cutout, how did that happen? Yep. <laughs> TV turns off real quick. Yeah. Um, that's that feels like a lot of the the manga. <laughs> Um, the, the, up, the upcoming movie adapts, I think, volumes four and five of the manga, which goes in some really dark directions. I know the TV series is pretty dark at times, but th so, there's one particular part of, I think, volume five, where I actually had to put the, the, the book down in disgust. I was like, oh, and uh, and go back to it later because it just made me so upset. Oh, man. I, I So I'm wondering if we'll get that, like a, a legal way to watch that over here well you know it's been licensed by sentai in the u.s and um and, and they and they sold the show pretty cheap every like holiday sale it's like 10 bucks i mean i i got the the uk blu-rays released by uh, mvm um so I, I expect they will get the license here because i mean if they were going to show it in the cinema here i expect they will release it physically too it's because it, it, it sounds like you need to watch it though because it's like i know they're sec they're making a second um yeah, they're making I mean, a second season or show, I, I guess. I but. think that particular arc would will fit very well into the space of a movie, um, and then the arc that follows that is much longer. It's more complicated. And to be honest, I, I'm finding it really difficult to follow in the manga. So I'm hoping they do animate it, and then I'll actually be able to understand what the hell is going on. Is it? Is the story close to being finished? Oh hell no! I don't think so. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the artist is really really slow. So I think volume eight is released even this week or next week in the West. Oh, um, okay. And I think we are catching up quite quickly with, uh, with Japan. I am wondering, cause it seems like we're yeah. moving a little quick. I think maybe, uh, maybe they're volume nine or something, but I don't think they're much further ahead than that. I mean, what is there like nine, 10 layers? I'm not sure. He's probably just uh, making it up as he goes along. Yeah. <laughs> There's a wormhole. <laughs> yeah, there's an extra forty layers we didn't know about. Well, it's just like when they talk about like people transforming. The lower they go, I'm like, oh no! And here Are comes you... level yeah, layer thirteen, the the level of ex existential horror. You know, <laughs> hey, how much more near death shit is this girl gonna go through? Well, like... how many how many pieces of her body does she have left to lose or to break? Probably still quite a few. There's like what, like four episodes in, she just fucking's bleeding out of the eyes. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, 
I remember the I read at the store the um well actually Dill Kokoro, I don't think that's correct because it might have been plastic wrap. Whatever. Um I read the the panels about the, the Mitty transformation. Oh. I saw that in the manga, and that yeah. was like ten times more horrific than it was in the anime. Yeah. I <laughs> I called one of my mom's dogs Mitty because it, <laughs> it was obese and it just lays around and slowly crawls over you and licks you. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I showed that scene ahead of time to Umi and she just looked at me and she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, uh, most of my friends, I don't show them this stuff. <laughs> I, I know it, it would go badly. I, I brought this up on an anime pod, and I'm like, do you ever think about what your last anime is going to be? And then they're like, no. I'm like, yeah, that's a dumb question to ask people on an anime podcast. But, like, I watched Somali in the Forest Spirit, and I'm like, mm. I'd be very content if this is the last thing I remember watching. Mm. Oh, that's a lovely show. It, it, <sighs> apart from the cannibalism and um, genocide. But apart from that, it's lovely. I wondered if it was going to go like made in abyss directions, but it doesn't go all the way in. Not, not quite. No. You were kind of like, I don't want to say hoping, because that's a really fucked up thing to hope for. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, rubbing my hands... I was hoping for more... You this know means I really... the Mali child needs to, needs to be tortured. Yes, that'd be great. No, no. <laughs> I'm not going to say names, but there were people on Twitter that we, we may or may not both know who really, that really seemed like the angle they were going for. See this suffer more. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? No. That's like, uh, another person that we, uh, that we know talking about how he thought that Rika was not, a a good character because she's dumb. <laughs> I'm like, she's a fucking, she's a child. So we kid, Yeah. <laughs> Somali was really touching. Um, Everyone's like, I hate the ending. I'm like, yeah, it's not done yet. (laughs) Yeah, the the manga is still ongoing, so it's not really an end. I'll take uh, I'll take Jotaro raising a small child any day because he do that. He didn't do that with his own kid, so that's a that's a dank JoJo's reference for you. Okay. Yeah, I like JoJo. It's like I, 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 it took me half the show to realize because I watched it subtitled. The voice actor for uh, Jotaro was the Golem. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I made that reference. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I understand now. I'm so slow. So Molly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, uh, I, I changed my nickname from aspiring fatherly Golem to puppy father. Still. Okay. Because oh. I'm, uh, I'm learning to have patience like a golem when it comes to having a, a small fur child. <laughs> but will you hulk out like golem does when uh, when threatened? <laughs> Somebody kicks my dog. I just fucking open my third eye. <laughs> yeah, and, and like huge like bone things stick out of your of your shoulder blades, and you have like wings made of. My bone. arm falls off. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. 
Uh, that show had so many interesting, and I'm sure it probably resonated with you a little bit as a father. Mm. Yeah. Like, it had a lot of great messages about, like, even, like, the what we leave for our next generation. Like, it doesn't have to necessarily be directly being, like, a father. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, that's, that's a blah story for another time, I'm sure. So out of curiosity, do you have anything else that you've, you're especially passionate about that you wanted to uh, like say on a soapbox here? Um, well, I, I just actually just published an article today just about um, an anime called High Score Girl. I don't know if you've watched that. Yeah, Kinksy's talked about it on here. Uh, it sounds interesting. It is. It's on Netflix, and, and now all of the episodes are available actually, as, as of today. Um, there's 24 <laughs> episodes across uh, sort of two seasons and some OAVs. And it is, it's a beautiful series. I mean, it looks a bit weird because it's, it's CGI anime and, and the characters have got big eyes and... Like weird, like heads. rounded cheek face. Yeah, yeah they, they look really weird, but it's, it's a really um, heartfelt, um, emotionally intelligent show um, that, that, for me, um, reminds me so much of my own adolescence. Um, and uh, I, I love the, the, the main girl in it. Um, the high score girl of the title. She's she's silent, um, but she still communicates with uh, body language and, and facial expressions. You, you know, you never have any confusion as to how she's feeling. Right. Um, she doesn't need to speak, uh, and it, it's so good. And it, it really very perfectly evokes a sort of a certain period of time in the mid '90s, just when arcade gaming was a thing. Um, and it just uh, it just reminds me of of what I was like as a teenager, sure, um, and possibly not that much different now. <laughs> Do you still go to arcades? Um, there's not very many arcades left to go to. Um, there is one in my city. There's like a, a, a sort of permanent funfair place that's got some arcade games in it, but they've not refreshed them in years because there's hardly any new ones coming out, at least not in the West. So, what kind of games do they have there? Is it still like old school or is it like kind of like new ones? It's mostly like gun games, uh, driving games. They've got, um, they've still got Dance Dance Revolution. I love that. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, it's mostly stuff like that. What, um, what was your go-to arcade game? So when I was, when I was younger. Just period. <laughs> like your lifetime. Uh, the one you're always going to remember. That was my game. Hmm. I really liked, there was a bridge racer with, it had like a real car and a huge widescreen. Uh, that was good fun. Um, or, or before that, there was this game, I can't remember what it was called, but you sat in this cockpit of this like spaceship and it rotated 360 degrees. Oh, wow. Um, and it, and uh, you're like, it's like a 3D shooting, fighting game thing in space. Yeah, I have no idea what it was, but it was awesome. Um, it was probably like low poly, like. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't. It was before even polygons. It was. Um, you know, have you ever seen you know Outrun? How how that how they like scale the uh, the sprites as they get closer towards the screen? It was like yes. that, but in space. Yes. You know the sort of thing I mean. Yeah, like uh, they had them. They had those in the Yakuza game. Right. Okay. So not, I don't know not, to, not to have to make that connection to you with that. You're significantly mm. older than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sort of thing. I did used to play fighting games. I used to play Street Fighter 2. I was never any good at it. It was absolutely garbage. That's how, that's funny how that's how fighting games are. Like even now I'm getting back into fighting games. I'm garbage at them, but they're still so fun to play. Well, I love Soul Calibur. Uh, I had that on the Sega Dreamcast. I still have it. 
Um, who, although my who wife did you like to play. She kicks my ass at that. Um, I, I like. I, I got. Whoa! Good... You say your wife kicked your ass in Soul Calibur? She does. She kicks my ass at it. Yeah. Aww. And, and each, each subsequent version as well. <laughs> so did you guys um, play the newest one? Um, I think we've got up to number four. I don't think we have five. Um, six just came out like last year. Yeah, no, we don't have that one. That has like stupid good character customization. I made Saber and um, uh, Combaro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I even had like the proper arcade stick for the Dreamcast, thinking this Ooh. will make me good at fighting games. It did not make me any good at games. I was still crap. Yeah, but it made you feel like you were. I, I, I guess so. Until my wife came along and then just wiped the floor with me and walked away. Uh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> she does it to my, to my son's friends. When they come around and she's like, oh, you want to play video games? Oh, what video games do you like? And they'll say they want to play a fighting game. She's like, oh, can I have a shot? And like, yeah, sure. And then she just like beats them all and they cry. What kind of game? What kind of games is uh, your wife just destroying with? Just, it's it's mainly things like Soul Calibur. We had um, Dead or Alive as well. <laughs> <laughs> Such quality parenting. Yeah, absolutely, it's great. Um, the boob I, physics. I, I it's, it's like the old. It wasn't the old one where you said your age determined how much jiggle there was. Yeah, there was like. Um, <laughs> Boob jiggle physics. You could you'd say uh, you're 99, and it was just like fucking going through. It was obscene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had Dead or Alive two for Dream. Uh, she doesn't play much games anymore. Which I think she's like I know grown up or something boring like that. But hmm. I'm uh, I'm more all about the the single player games now. I'm I'm playing through a Persona Five Royal at the moment. So on my week off. <laughs> I, I I noticed by your nickname, mm. Doc Kev Five Royal. Yeah. You're probably, from when this comes out, you're probably going to be, like, you and one other guy I'm having on, very into Persona 5 Royal right now, so. Oh, it's um, so good. Did you play 5? I did, I played it all the way to the end. Okay, okay. Um, I, some people some people started 5 and said, I'm double back for Royal. I'm playing it again, but I'm playing on hard mode this time. Um, boy, I am not good at it. Um, even in the first palace, I was I got my ass handed to me. Um, instant death, bosses, one hit kills. Mm. <laughs> so, that sounds like yeah. classic uh, persona. I'm not. Well, to, I'm, not I'm, I'm not even trying to say SMT. <laughs> persona games are generally a bit easier than the Shin Megami Tensei games, but playing on hard is much closer to what those older games were like. So I don't know if you've ever played games like um, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne. Um, <laughs> I almost made the mistake of doing that. Yeah. One of my friends was like, don't do it. He's like, just don't. <laughs> I, I love that game, but it's brutally difficult. Or I, saw, <laughs> I, saw the, I saw the video of someone fighting like Thor, okay. and then they, they were about to win. They were like one turn away. They had full health. And then he just like the next turn just wiped the team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. Or a Digital Devil Saga. Did you ever play those ones? Those are great. No, so Persona are the only ones in that franchise that I played. Okay, uh, I played three, four, five, and Q. Okay. Well, what about the Fire Emblem crossover thing that they did for the Wii U? Did you ever play that? I heard it was good. Uh, Fantastic. I just never got around to it, and it's on the Switch now, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I should rent it. I, it was at my library before all this stuff broke out. It's very like Persona. 
Um, very similar in tone and gameplay. It's really good. Hmm. Like it's, n- it's not as deep and dark in in, right. in subject matter. It's it's like Persona light, I suppose. So it's like pers- I, from what I was gathering, you can say if I'm right or wrong, but it seems like it was like Persona with like artsy takes on Fire Emblem characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know much about Fire Emblem at all, really. But uh, yeah, it's 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 Persona in a, a world with uh, idol singers and. The personas are basically just Fire Emblem characters. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm not sure who got drunk to pitch that, but uh, they must have been pretty intoxicated. I think it might have been something a little more uh, upbeat. It might have been a stimulant, not a depressant. To, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> to, to propose that one. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you reminded me inadvertently, I need to finish uh, Three Houses. Uh, I just... Man, I just didn't get into it. And I know some people have been saying that. Like, everybody plowed through it in a week. But, like, a lot of the people that didn't just, like, go straight through it, they're like, I I don't know if I really love this game. (laughs) But I'm the weirdo who thinks that the DS uh, game Fates uh, is really good and everybody else hates, so. The the only Fire Emblem game I ever played was the um, the Gacha one that came out years ago uh, (laughs) on the phone. And it was uh, okay. Heroes. Yeah, um, Heroes is just like my thing with Gotcha, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've noticed this from my Fate Go long, being under leveled, but still like really yeah. good. Is that I just like collecting shit. Yeah, and I don't pay any money for them. I just I don't know. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure you you do everything free too, right? Yeah, pretty much. The only money I spent in Fate was when they had the guaranteed one. Um, and I, I really wanted a Jack the Ripper. So, and I, 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 and it was you had you paid the money, and it was a fifty percent chance of either having her or um, Joan of Arc. And I got Jack the Ripper, so I was quite happy. <laughs> you know, talk about problematic characters. Mm. Yeah, um, it's very problematic. But from a gameplay point of view, she's great. Yeah. Uh, have it's you really... seen this arcade? Like to to bring this into the end here. Have you seen the the Fate Go arcade game? I've I've seen like videos of it. Yeah, it's it looks in, incredible. It does look like a, a money sink. Um. Oh, I mean, <laughs> sign me the fuck up for that portrait. <laughs> I mean, if they had that at my local arcade, I think my family would be destitute within a week. <laughs> Just blame it on the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> We've got no money to pay the bills. Oh, but look at these awesome cards I have. <laughs> that I could only specifically use on a arcade cabinet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the most fucked up part of it, is that like once you leave the arcade, it has no value. None at all. You can just live vicariously through people's YouTube videos. That's really all you need to do. Although I do have a fate, an FGO calendar, which is like a, a day-to-page calendar. I oh, bought, man. like, I imported it from Japan. It was really, really sad. And then ended up having to pay, like, a huge amount in import fees for it. Like, just as much as the thing itself cost. But, you, um, you have the, you have all the figures, don't I you? I have little figures, yeah, the yeah. little wee the little good smile things. Yeah, they're cute. Oh, um, they're adorable. So they, they sit on my shelf at work and stare at my patients. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> so That's in, all- in my that's awesome. In my, in my consultation room, I, I have um, I have an Astolfo and I have an Evil Joan of Arc. 
and I have a you know, girl version of King Arthur. So when the when people say, oh, those are cute, what are they? Then I can explain to them who they are. And I say, oh, and by the way, that is Elizabeth Bathory, the Countess of Blood. And then they, they learn not to ask me any questions after that. <laughs> and then they, 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 they change doctors. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I've got a couple of Gundams there and kids go, look, Transformers. I go, actually, no. Excuse me. No. And I've got a couple you, of. You uh, do Gumbler? Uh, every now and then, yeah. Um, I've only a few. I've maybe like three or four, but yeah, I've got one on my on my shelf, just just waiting. My uh, my son bought it for me for Christmas. It's uh, I'm not even sure what it is. It's a pink one. <laughs> oh, I think I just made a pink one. Yeah, it's uh, I've got it right here. Uh, MS zero six S Zaku two. Principality of Zeon Char Asnable's custom mobile suit. Ooh, I have a uh, I have an Iron Blooded Orphan pink one. Okay, there's no Zaku's in that one. But as it is, I don't really care about them because you know, as long as they look cool. Because I'm not going to watch the animes that they're in. So right. um, they're just as long as they look cool on my shelf. I'm not really bothered which uh, which show they originate from. Well, I put I put together a ton. Uh, that was like my hobby for like when I first. Uh, transitioned into like being a veteran okay. um i needed something to do so that became my hobby and okay. the box with them just completely destroyed the moving here and they're they're so fragile they are and it, it's stupid how fragile they are <laughs> well you know they're a nice thing to do on a sunday afternoon if you've got nothing else to do which sure especially yeah. like the ten dollar ones yeah or well, I guess whatever the, the equivalent is for you. Unfortunately, the store that used to sell them near me closed last year, so I was really oh. sad. Yeah, they did this massive closing sale with like eighty percent off of everything, so the the Gundam models disappeared immediately. But I managed to get there and came out with like multiple bags full of manga volumes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I spent an obscene amount of money. I'll never see these as cheap as this ever again. So you went to what we were arguing about on a recent podcast was known as anime store. Meryl told me they don't exist for a little while. And well, uh, they do. Well, this store was, was mainly a, a comic book store. So down, downstairs in the main section was all of the comics and graphic novels and lots of merchandise. Upstairs in the, in the gulag was um, the, <laughs> the, the, the manga section. Um, and after that disappeared, there's not really anywhere else locally that sells that stuff anymore. So I'm, very sad. I'm part of my, like, this is my, my coronavirus struggle is that I'm somewhere brand new and I wanted to find a hobby shop or a, like a, like a geeky place like that. And there's no hope of finding one now because everything's closed. Yeah. I'm like, going to be I, open I, again. I, I just, I just moved here and the only thing open nearby is the grocery store. Oh goodness me! Everything's shut here as well. <laughs> it's it's so funny to the point that I've been walking the puppy, and if she sees a car, she's not used to cars because nobody's on the road, and she'll okay. just freak out. <laughs> it's just strange. It's a ghost town. The only times I leave the house at the moment is when I go out for a run. It's really weird. There's people see you coming, and there's like terror in their eyes. Oh, dude, the I, coronavirus. Yeah, like everybody fucking thinks that you're coming to kill them. Like when you go yeah. out for a run. 
<laughs> I, I, not even because of, like of my health. I usually had to stop running because of my health. I'm only running twice a week now because okay. I just don't want to freak everybody out. Mm. It's already bad enough that I got my dog walking around shitting everywhere, but like <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them to freak out from me uh, running. Well, you know, Kev, this has been a really, really enjoyable podcast. Probably one of the more fun ones we've done recently. Um, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for coming on. We're going to definitely have to have you on again soon. No problem. Anytime. Uh, no. Do you have any social media that you want to plug? Uh, not really. Anything social media I do tends to be related to my work. So um, you can just find me on uh, the Anite blog. Um, I don't do anything else online. <laughs> That's fair. And if you want to find us here at the Dill Kokoro Podcast, you can find us on Anchor at Dill Kokoro Podcast. You could also find me at Dill Kokoro on most social media platforms besides Instagram, because fuck Instagram. Anyways, y'all have a wonderful day, and stay healthy and safe, and pet a puppy. <laughs>